This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 739, Comic Reviews for the week of Thursday, December the 26th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 739. It's our last episode of 2019. It's our comic reviews episode for the releases from the week of Thursday, December the 26th. I had to keep uh, recording the uh, the intro over and over because I kept wanting for that not to be right because in Canada, the 26th is actually Boxing Day, which is a holiday, but uh, technically comics were released on the 26th. Um, and then one of the books that was supposed to, I think, come out on the 26th actually ended up coming... Was, I, I was looking at Diamond earlier uh, today and was, I saw that it was actually supposed to come out next week now, uh, and by next week I mean the day I'm speaking, or the day after I'm speaking, like January 1st, but it actually already came out, at least I saw it on the comic book shelf, um, when I went to get comics, I guess, the week before, which would have been, I guess, the, the 18th of December, um, and that comic in question is uh, Sonic number 24, um, so it's not something I'm talking about in this episode anyway, but just thought I'd, l- I'd let you know. Um, from the releases from last week, so there's a particular one I didn't read, which was Spider-Ham number one, but I did read Doctor Strange, Surgeon Supreme, Incoming number one, and Venom number 21, so that's what I'll be talking about on this particular episode. Uh, just Let's just jump right in with Doctor Strange, uh, Surgeon Supreme number one by Mark Wade and Kev Walker who are credited as storytellers and Hava Targaglia on colors and virtual calligraphy's Corey Pettit on uh, letters and Phil Noto on the cover. Um, I really dug this. I thought this was a really interesting read. Um, you know, they're kind of re- reframing what Doctor Strange is again. The only problem with that is it feels like you get one of these types of storylines every couple of years um, and but that being said, I'm like really enjoying you know what Mark Wade's been doing on the book. I don't know if they needed to rebrand it as a new book, uh, Surgeon Supreme, but it's definitely such an awesome title that I, I can't really fault them for that. Uh, so here you have Doctor Strange; his hands work again, so he can actually be a doctor again. So he's trying to split his time between being the you know Squadron, the uh, Sorcerer Supreme, and also being a surgeon, uh, and being able to kind of work in only specific cases and only a certain amount of, cor- of workload. But uh, it's really interesting to kind of see him being able to kind of go back and do something that he was previously so good at in a previous version of his life. Uh, he ends up going to a pretty big fight against the Wrecker, which does not go the way he expects, uh, for a variety of reasons. He's exhausted and tired when he goes into the field, and Wrecker isn't exactly playing with the same crowbar as usual, and uh, it goes pretty poorly for uh, Doctor Strange, and uh, leads to one heck of an ending, which uh, was very cool. So I really dug this. I thought this was a great issue. Um, a very strong right out of the gate. Kev Walker has a great style that I felt really worked for this issue. Um, uh, the record definitely looked, you know, if, if not creepier than normal. Uh, I, Mark Wade is one of my favorite writers, and there's a good reason for that. He really makes you uh, go along with the adventure. You feel like you understand where Doctor Strange is coming from. The whole thing, he um, really felt like it hit the ground running. He knew the type of story he wants to tell, how he wants to uh, have... Doctor Strange, you know, being able to use his hands again really challenge him in different ways and ways to move the character, which I thought were really interesting and and thrilling to kind of see how this impacts the character and being able to kind of reclaim part of who he used to be before he became what we know of him know of him as the Squadron sorry, the Squadron Supreme is what I want to keep saying, as the Surgeon Supreme. So I was I really dug this. I thought it was a super strong debut. I'm gonna give it an eight. Um, next up, I'm actually going to skip incoming for a second and talk about Venom. This is issue 21. Um, this, I mean, this issue looks fantastic. It's by Donny Cates and Mark Bagley with Andy Owens on inks. Who I don't re- recognize the name. Uh, I feel like you usually see a, like one of a few different inkers over Mark Bagley. So I don't remember Andy Owens ever having done his inks before over uh, Mark. Um, you got Frank Martin and Eric 
uh, Arseniega on colors, and a virtual calligraphy's Clayton Cowles on letters. And um, so I, I was kind of sad to see the Eddie Brock beard go because I I, I I think I really like the the dimension it gives Eddie Brock. Um, so I'm going to kind of miss the beard. I thought he looks a little bit more nondescript without it. Um, it's weird just in general ever seeing Venom not done by Ryan Stegman when it's Donny Cates because it, it's a very specific sensibility to the story when it's Donny, but not having kind of a, the artist who I think embodies his his style most. That being said, it's Mark freaking Bagley, so I'll take it because I love Mark Bagley. Um, so you have Eddie Brock basically being brought to the Avengers, and the Avengers are basically like, you know, thanks for helping out and doing everything in absolute carnage. You kind of have a past, and maybe you could be part of the team. Um, and then the issue really starts to go nuts, and I thought it was really cool because the, the idea that now that Carnage is kind of in him, um, you know, the symbiote's kind of taking over and, and kind of quieting the typical Venom symbiote uh, that Eddie can't even hear him at times, and it's, you know, it's like... It's like having someone else in the room with you, right? There's someone like he, he's used to having his other kind of talking with him, and to the point where you know it's not a loud voice screaming in your head uh, and telling you to do things you don't want to do. But that's exactly what Carnage is doing here. It's a really interesting idea too. The idea that um, you get a little bit of a hint here that Thor was involved in stopping Newell at some point in the past, which I thought was an interesting little tidbit to kind of throw in here. Um, and you have you know Eddie's doing everything he can to, to fight the symbiote and. And he's having these creepy dreams, and this, which is so creepy when he kind of wakes up. And I don't know if it's supposed to be blood or just like a symbiote or just his own blood, as God is coming has been like carved into his back. It's so messed up, uh, and he kind of takes off and calls Captain America and is like, you know, no, you know, no, uh, no strings attached, and, you know, no questions asked, right? So he gets a, a jet, and he's able to take it to the island where he thought he killed Spider-Man way back when. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be quite a little battle here now that they're on, uh, on this island. Uh, I thought this was great. Uh, great art. Uh, and compelling story. I'm actually going to give this a, a 9. I thought it was really well done. Uh, it definitely made me excited about what comes next and how this is, you know, kind of an internal journey now. We've had more external threats, but this is really kind of uh, a more intimate, personal one. I liked the going back to the island. I thought it was a cool concept as well. So I'm really on board. Next up is an interesting book. Um, so you got Incoming Number One, um, which is giant, um, and it's 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 almost it's like a weird it's a crazy jam book. It's doing all sorts of different things. Uh, it maybe takes bites off a little bit more than it can chew, but it's just so massive. Uh, I guess it can kind of do whatever it wants. Because um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, you know, I was looking at ID at uh, previews. It looks like you no, know, the Sonic the Hedgehog I was opining about before it did come out last week. Technically, according to uh, to Diamond, again, I was able to get it the previous the previous week. But uh, so it looks like Incoming's uh, sticker price was ten bucks. That being said, you were getting one hell of a giant book, uh, which is uh, which a lot of it is just kind of you know a tour around the Marvel universe as it is right now. And if you're interested in any of it, you should go read those parts. And part of me is like. Should you be doing this for ten bucks? Like ten bucks is not going to be. It's not a good entry point for anyone to be like, "Well, I want to see what's going on in the Marvel universe." Ten dollars? Yeah, fuck no. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like that's that's a little excessive. You're getting so much content by so many different amazing writers. Um, like I'm just looking at like the back page where you have every, all the kind of credits. The amount of people who are involved here in bringing something to the table with books that they're working on, etc. Like you have stuff from Al Ewing, uh, Chip Zdarsky, Kelly Thompson, Jason Aaron, Matthew Rosenberg, Greg Pak, uh, Eve Al Ewing, Al Ewing again, Ed Brisson, Donny Cates, Saladin Ahmed, Teeny Howard. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, Dan Slott, 
and dance lot and dance lot. Lots of dance lot at the end. So it's just kind of crazy how much stuff there is. Um, some of the art is so beautiful. Like the Jessica Jones pages are just so magnificent. And that's by Kelly Thompson because she had such a great run on the character. And it's, it's exciting to see her writing the character again here. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, but again, half the time it's just kind of a jaunt through the Marvel Universe framed as kind of this murder mystery, which definitely ends up being interesting, but it's, it's just kind of strange how, you know, you're segueing into different books and different art, art, art styles. Like, again, you start with this, this character who, I forget what his name is now, but he, he's, he's what, he's the, oh, the masked rider, that's what he is. And then suddenly he starts picking up, you know, radar sense power, so you know Daredevil's nearby, and then you sequence into a Daredevil kind of uh, element of the story where Daredevil and Elektra end up seeing this dead body, and he calls Jessica Jones, and you switch into, you know, the most recent Jessica Jones artist with Kelly Thompson writing it. Then you have, um, you know, segue into information about Captain Marvel. You go from Captain Marvel into like kind of the Avengers. So like you have all these crazy segues. Most of them, for the most part, do feel relatively natural. It just it gets a little bit crazy and nuts as they as they go back and forth between them all. Um, it definitely does make you feel like the you know the, the the Marvel universe is still all connected and all these crazy weird parts are all connected to each other. Like you have Venom. You have uh, although before his uh, beard. Uh, Beard trim, I should say. You have all sorts of crazy stuff. Did I like it? Yes. I thought it was interesting, and oh my god, it's beautiful seeing any work by Jim Chung. Him working on any of the new Avengers, sorry, the young Avengers characters just looks great. Although it did make me a little bit sad seeing it because um, it reminded me that Justin Ponzer is not around to to color him anymore. Like, and you could get a good sense though that the colorist was doing a pretty good job of aping, um, you know, Ponzer's style. Um, in terms of some of the color effects and just like you see, you read those Young Avengers pages and you almost feel like Ponzer's not gone. But Ponzer just had such an amazing coloring style that, um, you know, you, other people can do their best, but it's, it's never going to be quite the same. But, uh, no, it's definitely interesting. So I overall, I enjoy this issue. There's a lot of like, little stuff here. Um, I read a CBR article the other day. I think it was CBR or Newsarama, and the idea that uh, in this issue you have the idea, you have the concept that Legion and Mister M are two mutants that appear to be missing, uh, or at least that um, uh, uh, Sinister doesn't have their you know their DNA any, anywhere. But all these other people he's got on file, including like Vulcan, Hope, Exodus, Kid Omega. But it's just those two that we that he calls out that he doesn't have. Uh, and that Franklin Richards he needs. So here you definitely have the sense that you're building up to future storylines that you're going to be getting throughout the year. Uh, you have uh, Arno Stark is here, not Tony. Um, yeah, so there's 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 a lot to be had here. It's leading into a, a big new story that's going to be coming next year. Um, called uh, called uh, was it Empire? Is it? Um, coming in April 2020, which is definitely interesting. Although, I, don't, I want them to explain why Hulkling is acting like this, because it seems like a big heel turn. But, um, giant issue, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I wish the price tag was a little bit lower, because I think if you charge five bucks for this, I know it's giant. So I'm not, I'm not discounting the fact that there's so much content here, you're getting your money's worth. I just feel like the uh, the the way that this issue seems to work for me is that this is a good a way to kind of get a taste of what's happening in the Marvel Universe. And if I want me to have a taste of that, to get me excited about picking up all these different books that are going to pick up of all these different directions, then I feel like you got to have a slightly lower entry price. Um, you have so much content, yes, but it's still 10 bucks. And am I going to take a chance on this? Um, no. 
Probably not. Like most people aren't. Um, I'm a glutton for punishment, but you know that's a ten dollar book. So you gotta you have to really incentivize or make it a little bit cheaper. I appreciate how much content is, and I'm not stupid. I understand that. I just feel like it works best as an intro. It's kind of like the old school Countdown Infinite Crisis. I'd say old school, but it is 15 years ago. And that was a great book that was like, what, a dollar? And it had so much going on. You had, it was leading into not just Infinite Crisis, but four other prelude miniseries. And it felt like it gave you a lot of character work and content. It gave you an overarching story. You were setting up all these different pieces and you got it for a great entry point. So maybe not a dollar, but like, could, couldn't this have been half this price? I would like who wouldn't buy like what a, like as a ninety page book or whatever for five bucks. I mean, it's not even a bad a bad deal at ten, but there's just something about ten dollars that's going to make people blanch and go, I don't know about that. That seems too expensive for me. Uh, as for this issue itself, I mean, I, I I'll give it a I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'll give it a nine uh, or eight and a half. I thought it was a well put together and definitely showed that they were really kind of taking a chance here and, and uh, really well put together considering how many pieces there were uh, lying around to kind of pull this all together, um, So I'm, which I'm impressed by. Uh, looking forward to next week's releases, and by next week I mean, well, as I record this, I guess two days from now. I don't think that most stores are going to be open the January first, but January second, if you can get to a store uh, and it's open, uh, some of the highlighted releases from January the second include uh, the Absolute Death hardcover new edition from DC Comics. Uh, I got Sword Daughter number nine. I'm really behind on that. I've been buying a, actually, I've been, I'm subscribed to it digitally, but uh, I haven't read it in a little while, so I feel like I got to read it all and get caught back up. Uh, over at DC, you got the Dollar Comics as Batman 613. I'm trying to even have, trying to even think what happens in Batman 613 that that would be a Dollar Comic. Um, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Uh, it's, a, it's part of the Hush uh, storyline of Chapter Six, The Opera with Harley Quinn, which makes sense given that the upcoming uh, Harley Quinn movie is about to come out. So uh, that does make sense in terms of having that as a Dollar Comic. Uh, you got Diana, Princess of the Amazons, trade paperback. You got new issues of Flash, Batman Beyond, Batgirl, Action Comics, just. Dark, Joker, Harley, Criminal Sanity. Uh, that's a nine-issue miniseries. That's such an interesting uh, choice for numbers. I got Lois Lane, number seven, Red Hood Outlaw, Superman Giant, number one. I got Terrifics, number 23, and Wonder Woman Harbor... Sorry, Warbringer. I want to say Harbinger. Warbringer, uh, number... Uh, or, sorry, Trade Paperback. Uh, over at IDW, you got DuckTales, Fairs, and Scares, number one of three. And it still says Sonic the Hedgehog, number 24, cover A. So I guess some one cover is only coming out on New Year's or just after New Year's, and the other one's already came out. Seems strange. Uh, and then over at Image Comics, you have new issues of Copra, uh, Death or Glory, Philadelphia, Manifest Destin- Destiny, Nomen Omen, and Olympia. And at Marvel Comics, you've got the Black Bolt hardcover, you got Black Cat Volume 1, Grand Theft Marvel, uh, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, Conan Chronicles Epic Collection, Trade Paperback, Battle of Shamla Pass, you got Conan, Trade Paperback, Hour of Dragon. Uh, Daredevil number 16, they got new issues of Doctor Doom, the launch of Hawkeye Freefall, uh, Legends of Marvel trade paperback Spider-Man, which has some of the uh, 80th anniversary uh, one-shots from Spider-Man, which I'm thinking about buying even though I own these, the, um, whatchamacallit, the uh, Sensational Spider-Man self-improvement. In fact, I think I bought all the Spider-Man ones, but I'm thinking about buying it anyway because sometimes I just like having it on my shelf. You got the reprinting, uh, or sorry, new printing, I should say, of New Mutants Epic Collection trade paperback Demon Bear Saga. It would appear it went out of print really fast, so they're bringing it back now. You got uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Uh, this is part of the Marvel Rising books. I'm very excited to have another trade because my son loved the first volume that I, I read to him. I got the launch of the new Star Wars ongoing. This time it takes place after The Empire Strikes Back. You got Swordmaster number seven, Tarot number one, Thor number one. You got uh, two true believers, uh, one shot or like 
whatever those books are. Criminally Insane is, I guess, the subtitle, and you got Bullseye and Green Goblin are the focus of them. You also have Web of Black Widow, number 5 of 5, and X-Men, number 4. Uh, so that is all coming out very shortly on January the 2nd. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for joining the Comic Shenanigans uh, throughout this year and for this episode. Our next non-reviews episode, the first episode of 2020, will be a conversation with Jim Kruger, the writer behind Marvel's X, an upcoming uh, miniseries, which serves as a prequel to the, I would say, legendary Earth-X, Universe-X, Paradise-X trilogy of the early 2000s. So thanks again for listening to this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Happy New Year. Bye-bye.